Welcome back to The Intersection, a podcast where the gospel meets our culture. Last episode, we discussed some questions pertaining to the coronavirus and how Christians should think about that. Uh, Dr. Clem, uh, as we've talked about that episode, you and I have had some discussions um, together and with other believers in the past few weeks um, about a topic that started to open up some thinking in our minds and some change of thoughts that we've been wrestling through. Uh, We thought it'd be helpful to discuss uh, today here on the intersection. Um, What is that topic? How did you first come, you know, to start wrestling with that? So. Sure. Yeah. Uh, well, what happened was uh, a couple of articles started to appear, uh, one from N.T. Wright and uh, responses to him, and really over the topic and the subject of lament. And so it caught my attention rather quickly because uh, I've played with this concept or the theme of lament as it's presented to us in the Psalms. And so the articles, uh, actually the initial article that you sent me, I looked at it and uh, was really celebrating it. And then all of a sudden I saw some responses to it. And I thought, oh, man, this is, this is a nice topic. And so you and I went back and forth for a while. We, we talked to our ABS a little bit about it, our adult Bible study. And uh, so I finally said, let's, let's run with this. Let's pull our thoughts together in an organized way and see if we can put something together that will be a help to the body of Christ. So here we are. Yeah. So the word lament, um, it's not necessarily one we use in everyday American culture usage. Um, it's a biblical word. It's something we see people in the Bible doing it. Um, but if you had to define what lament is, how is it different um, from, you know, mourning or grieving, or is it the same? You know, how would how would we start to come to a definition of uh, uh, what someone is doing when they lament in a biblical sense? Yeah, wonderful question. I... Uh a word that I have uh, discovered in the writings of uh, Walter Brueggemann, as well as in Tremper Longman, is the word disorientation. And I really think that does, in many ways, capture the essence of a lament, because one who laments in the scriptures is disoriented by virtue of a COVID-19 virus epidemic that's come along, mm-hmm. uh, economic crunch and crush maybe a physical illness, maybe there's been a military attack, but all of a sudden, life is in upheaval and you are disoriented and you really don't know which direction to go. And so there needs to be a process. And so what we find in the Psalms is a literary category that was used for the believer to approach God and talk to him about that disorientation, talk to him Uh, at at times complaining to God about what he's seeing and asking God how long it's going to go on, and then appealing to the Lord uh, for deliverance and rescue and relief from it. And sometimes there's not rescue, deliverance, relief Hmm. immediately. There might be silence. And uh, But what is amazing about the disorientation is that the process that you see laid out the structure, in a sense, that the literary form seems to follow, uh, it's like a journey that brings us to a place of praise and or brings us to a place of trust. So could we say uh, lament is a journey we uh, embark on due to a disorientation, due to some effects of the fall, fallen earth, fallen man. It could be disease, it can be war, it can be death, it can be destruction, it can be 
um, you know, any kind of effect from the fall. Like we wouldn't have lament if the fall hadn't happened. Would that be accurate? So oh, yes, it's, it's a journey uh, due to a disorientation from some kind of sin that's or sinful effects that we feel right. and are experiencing that we wouldn't normally experience, um, you know, perhaps in normal life, if we had a choice at least. Right. Um, no, well said. I think that's exactly the idea. So, and I mean, we, we live in a broken, fallen world and bad stuff is going to happen. It happens to us and it happens to the ones we love around us. And we need to know how to come into their lives as well as how to reset our compass in our own lives uh, with regard to managing that pressure, that, that uh, disorienting circumstance that has come our way. And, you know, the initial, uh, you know, response might be, not now, Lord, really? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, why now? Or how, well, okay, if now, how long? And isn't that interesting how... You know, we watch all of these news conferences in the context in which we're immediately living and working through with the COVID-19 virus. Mm. And you just hear the, well, how long? Mm. How long are we going to have to wear the mask? How long are we going to be shut down? How long will it be before we go back to school? How long until sports begin? Mm. You know, so you see this sort of like this so much reaction you know, a, a yearning, our, a yeah. yearning within our hearts to uh, uh, find our orientation and get back to sort of what we would think of as a normal. You know? Good. So, so we've seen, we've kind of defined what lament is. Um, we're arguing that it is a biblical practice. Uh, the psalmist laments quite frequently. What is it? Almost a third of the psalms are laments. Right. Uh, and so, you know, you take the Colossians imperative to sing psalms to one another. Uh, we're going to get into that, but that that would seem to indicate if we're singing psalms to one another, we're going to be singing laments to one another if we're singing uh, all of the psalms. Yeah. Um, but so, so the psalmist laments, um, you know, in scripture, are there other people who lament? Yeah, I, I think you, uh, which is really, once you sort of like see this category and begin to make space for it in your Christian life or your walk as a believer with the Lord, I think you begin to notice it elsewhere. And I think, for example, you see it in the life of Jesus uh, in his uh, Garden of Gethsemane prayer. Uh, You see it in the Ruth-Naomi narrative, Naomi, of course, uh, lamenting. Uh, you see it, uh, the, the writer, the psalmist, as you mentioned, one-third. Uh, I saw another number where one writer said 88. There are 88 laments out of the 150 psalms. So that's, you know, getting uh, beyond that uh, third mark. But um, that idea, its presence, its practice, its um, you know, place within the biblical material as well as in the life of the believer is is definitely you know, there, there's a large stake there that we um, we need to give consideration to, okay, what do we do with this? How does it work in my life? How should it look? I think, too, um, as I was studying for Samuel, uh, I think God himself laments yes. um, when mm-hmm. Saul disobeys and he keeps, uh, he spares Agag's life. Uh, God laments that he made Saul king. Mm-hmm. And I think that... Uh, Understanding what lament is kind of helps us see what God is doing there. He's not regretting. He's not regretting a choice he made. He's not, uh, you know, going back on his plan, his sovereign plan. Uh, but he is experiencing uh, lament that that there is mourning and grief over uh, the effects of sin. 
and that this is something even God seems to participate in in different times. Yeah, which sinful choices he's responding to the sinful choices of uh, of his um, chosen servants at that time. Yeah, which if it's something that Jesus does, if it's something that God Himself does, if it's something that's regular for the psalmist, we need to be asking uh, mm-hmm. how should that uh, affect the way we live, and and you know, it should be a normal part of our lives. But we'll get to that in a minute. Um, so good. So what is lament? I think we've answered that. Is lament biblical? I think it is. Yeah. Well, let me just, before we move on from uh, what it is, just a couple of things that I think are helpful, and I'll say them really quickly. Uh, number one, in this conversation, or as we be embark on this journey, one of the things is that uh, we want to, we're not miserably complaining about God. We are complaining to God. Mm. All right, so we're not we're not making some, you know, we're not dissatisfied with God. We're strug- we're telling God about the dissatisfaction or the disorientation that we're at the, experiencing at the moment. So there's a there's a certain basis of trust and faith out of which the lament <clears throat> is made. So we could we could maybe make a distinction when we complain about God to others, we're in a sense running from God. Yes, yes. And telling other people about the bad things going on. When we lament, uh, it's a form of running to God. Yes. When when life uh, is difficult, when life hurts, uh, it's running to God and talking to Him very plainly uh, about what life looks like from our perspective and trying to wrestle with that, but running to God instead of from Him. I think also it, it, it with that context, that foundation out of which we're working that you summarized there, it does protect us from falling into bitterness or dropping into some sinful anger. You know, I, so I think that helps. And then the other thing that uh, I've noticed is that the structure of the, the literary form really does move from the deep darkness of the complaint to praise. Mm. And so there's, a, there's an upward movement. There's, there's some clarity. There's some reorientation that's happening and um, now it may not happen immediately it may not happen you know just in the in the conclusion of that one prayer of lament that we might lift up to the Lord or having read one particular psalm but it, it gets us moving in the right direction it is a journey with an end that's different than where we started exactly so that, might, that journey might take you know years months weeks days uh, and you know we shouldn't rush that, but it is a journey that's going to move somewhere other than staying where we were at. Is yeah, that, that's is exactly that right. Yeah, yeah, well said. So uh, what do we miss, or maybe say it this way, how does lament increase our ability to live out the story? So we've talked about the story of scripture a lot. Um, you know, we've talked about uh, how we've started good with a good beginning in Genesis, the fall, how that affects everything. Um, you know, we focused a lot on the story and the story that we live in and how we want to be living out the story every day. Um, and, and this mission that God's called us to is all encompassing. And, and so, you know, in, in one sense, we're saying lament should be a part of that story we live. Um, how does lament increase our ability to live in the story that God's called us to live in every day? Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, uh, no, I think that this is really helpful as well. And, and this is why I think 
it, it, it's productive for us to talk about lament in the context of what we ultimately want to do with this particular podcast and helping people see themselves where they are in the gospel story and know how to deal with the different uh, circumstances that come our way. But I, I think um, lament just really helps us see sort of that long arc of God's story that includes creation you know, um, fall and redemption and restoration. And of course, you know, why we are lamenting, if we're not reorienting ourselves to the story, or as we reorient ourselves to the story, I think there's, there's subtleness, you know, that's like, okay, this is not going to last forever. Uh, this is not going to, this is not the end. Um, and oh, I see this in connection with how the story began, creation fall. I see it how um, God's ultimately going to resolve it in the end. But, um, but I, you know, I, I think you've, you've got some great ideas on this as well. So mm. let me just kind of volley it back to you. <laughs> well, I think uh, while we're on the topic of that disorientation, uh, I love the words of an Andrew Peterson song, uh, The Silence of God. When oh, he's yeah. wrestling with the silence of God. And he, he talks about, you know, there are even times when followers get lost. And so I think when we're talking about lament, um, if we're if we exclude lament from the story, then we'll find ourselves disoriented. We'll find ourselves lost. And what that leads to is either fear that I've lost my salvation or that I need to do something to get back into God's favor where I'll feel his presence again. Yeah, this um, disaster is my fault. Right. And so I think lament uh, actually enables us to live out the story accurately. So I think uh, if you think about any good story, we've talked about you know good stories before. Uh, they start out well, then something happens, right? Something usually bad happens that threatens the good end that the story was originally destined for. Um, you know, that's what makes any good story. And I think stories that are really good uh, portray actually the process of lament. Um, in other words, they, they capture the characters processing what's happened. Yes. And, and a good story will wrap you up in that process. Like you'll feel the struggle. You'll feel um, the good characters wrestling with the evil that's happened and how to process it and how to move forward and what choices to make and how to overcome eventually evil to gain that good end that was original, you know, that was the original designed end. Um, so I think that like, if you think about a good movie, if you think about a good book, uh, it will probably include some kind of process where the characters are wrestling with evil that's happened and how to get back to the good end that they were originally designed for. Um, and I think in that way, our story isn't, uh, unique. Like our story should be like that. If you think about a good story, we should be living in that. So I think, um, at least how I tended to think about Christianity, we're almost called to this like constant happy experience, right? Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. that's the perception at least. Right, if right. you're a good Christian, um, even when bad things happen, you'll still be happy. You know, you'll walk around with a smile on your face. You'll fake it till you make it, you know? <laughs> um, and the reality is I think bad things happen. Like things, uh, things that won't happen when everything is made right, like bad things happen. And, and the reality is I think that should affect us. Like we should be sad. Like we should be sad that people are dying from this virus. Like we should be sad that people die from cancer. Like we should be sad um, that people hate each other enough to murder them. Like there are realities in our world that, uh, that we shouldn't be happy about. Like, and, and in order to cope with those realities, 
We have to have some vehicle to run to God with and say, this isn't right. Like, this isn't good. Um, like, I, I don't like this. Like, and, and I think lament through prayer, through song, through poem uh, enables us to vocalize to God what we should naturally feel with the results of the fall ever present in our world and the results of our own choices. Like sometimes we'll lament choices that we've made. Um, so I think it, it enables, if we, if we give lament its proper place in our lives, it actually enables us to live out the story, both oriented to God and to others. Otherwise we end up in this, um, self-blame, uh, or, you know, we'll just always beat up ourselves or we'll go around thinking we're a terrible Christian because someone else, you know, is really happy that they're suffering and we're not. So I think lament enables us to live out the story in a way, um, that otherwise we'll be left with some dead ends in our, in how we process life. Oh yeah. There's, there's just so many productive things I get so excited about when I start thinking about the place of lament in the life of the believer and, you know, you hit upon a number of them right here, but just this idea that, all right, when I'm hit, when I'm, when I'm hit and when I'm punched and I'm disoriented in that moment, I don't have to get up and, and say, well, bless God, you know, that was, that was good. Do that again to me, you know, kind of a thing. But I can, but God makes space for me to look to him, cry out to him, call upon him and, and walk toward him in, in this process. And I think also that, um, you know, the other thing is that I think lament really delivers us from a sin of certainty. There was a, a writer who came out with a book on the sin of certainty. Uh, and, you know, at first I didn't quite get what the title was trying to communicate, but we like to be so prophetic and so certain about, all right, I just got punched and I know exactly why that happened and how long it's going to last, and, you know, I'm certain about all these things. Well, you know, so lament and that disoriented moment calls upon us to wait, trust, and look to the Lord God. I think also that we're invited into this intimacy with God. We're invited, to, um, you know, and you, you touched on it so nicely. It's just like, I, like when I think about what might happen to you and Leah, you know, what's happening with your mom right now. I like, as I lament with you about her particular situation, I feel like I'm drawn closer to you and to Leah because I'm, I'm trying to be more empathetic and trying to communicate to the Lord. Well, I don't like what's happening to Ben's mom right now, you know, in the, in the midst of this virus and all that's going on and, and the limitations that puts on. So, you know, how long is this going to happen? You know, so I, you know, just so many positive things I think that can roll out of this literary form that the Lord has blessed us with, and allows us to draw close to Him through. Hmm. I think uh, you hit on a point that uh, you know you look at the life of Job, oh, such a long book, forty you know forty some chapters, and he nails it right up front, right? Like, blessed be you know God, you know He can take, He can give. He, you know, blessed be his name. And then the rest of the book is filled with him wrestling with what God did and wrestling with the questions he has. And I think uh, 
part of the lesson there is uh, like there's no quick fix to suffering. There's no quick fix to the questions around us. And sometimes they take a long time and that's, that's okay. Uh, and you're not, I think there's a perception sometimes in our culture, like our Christian culture, that it's weakness to question. It's weakness to go to God and say, why is this happening? Um, you know, the strong Christian just keeps a, you know, takes a lick and keeps on ticking, you know, so happy, right. you know, give me more, yeah. right. Give I'm, me another blow God. Right. Uh, that That's like the, that's like the strong Christian response. When I think if we take a look at scripture, we're going to see, actually, there's a lot of really godly people, including Jesus, <laughs> you don't get more godly than that, who, who wrestled with what God had given him to do. And, and, you know, so much so that he's sweating blood. Right. Um, and so I... Asking for the cup to be removed in that last, you know, can we do this another way? Right. You know, kind of a thing. And, uh, but yet knowing that stay the course, stay the course. And uh, this is what's been decreed and determined. And, uh, you know, and I think that's what that kind of perspective, that kind of resolve helps us. And that's why, going back to the story, if we know, okay, what's the next act? then we're more likely to um, suffer wisely. And so, you know, Jesus lamented and he goes to the cross for the joy that's set before him. Right. Like those two things Amen. aren't set in opposition. Yeah. They, they work together to fulfill uh, the, the mission that God had for Jesus. So I think as we think about that in our life, that might be helpful. Okay, so we've maybe answered this a little bit, but what do we miss if we don't lament do you have any thoughts on that? I have a few. I think um, we've already talked a little bit. We missed the process of growing in trust. Yeah. Like we just skip that step. Like somehow something bad happens. I'm just supposed to like skip right up to like, all right, this is perfect. This is amazing. This is good. And we miss that process of like, I need to grow in trusting God. And that might mean I have some like really intense conversations with him where I'm wrestling. I'm so grateful for that because I feel like I'm not always that person that can take the punch and get up and 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 say bless God. You know, I, I feel like I, I need to process my my disorientation, and um, I'm always blessed as a result of the process. But but my initial response may not always be um, what I would like it to be. Mm. So I think you know we we miss out on that process if we don't lament well. Uh, I think we've already you've already hit on that, and I'm I've been really. Uh, touched by the way you've lamented for my mom and prayed for her. Um, but I think we miss opportunities to mourn with those who mourn and to weep with those who are weeping. That's a biblical command. We're called in Romans to weep with those who weep. Um, and and if we aren't good at lamenting, we aren't going to be good at weeping with those who weep. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think if we want to love our brothers and sisters well when bad things happen to them, when sin affects them. We come alongside of them and always say as well, you shouldn't think that. Right. You know, you're yeah. stupid. Like, grow up. You right, know. right, right, right. Praise enough, God right now. Right, enough of that. Enough of that. You need to move on. You need to, what's wrong with you right. kind of a thing. That won't be very helpful to them. No. So we, we want to be good at lamenting because it will enable us to weep with those who weep, enter into their sorrow um, as those who have hope, but mm-hmm. sorrow as those who have hope, grieve as those who have hope. Yeah, I was thinking along that line, uh, in one of the articles that we were reviewing in, in prepping for uh, this time, I, I thought it was interesting, uh, you know, we don't learn, or we, we don't need to learn how to cry when we experience pain. 
I mean, we come out of the womb crying, as one writer says. You know, so we don't need to learn how to cry. But what we do need to learn is we need to cry like sons of God who have a different kind of hope. And First Peter 4, 13 talks about that. We, and so lament enables us to mourn as the sons of God uh, who have a, a solid hope, who know the next act, who know what God is doing and who can process theologically uh, what's happening at the moment. Mm, so, I think that's excellent. Yeah. I think also um, the other thought that uh, I came across as I was uh, prepping was uh, a comment that uh, Tremper Longman made in his book on wisdom, and he talks about wise suffering should ma- mature into patient endurance by trusting God. So wise suffering should mature into patient endurance by trusting God. And that's really that journey that we've been talking about, disoriented in the context of this story. And so we need to get on track and we need to take the right journey, take the right steps towards God. And so wise suffering will mature us into patient endurance as we trust God in that process of journey. So basically, you know, we're saying... There will be times in life when you become disoriented. Yes. When you are knocked off your feet. And in that moment, uh, we should avoid the lie that says we need to orient ourselves apart from God. We shouldn't, we shouldn't ever uh, say that to God. You just need to take that to yourself and get straight and then go to God and talk to him. We're saying no. Lament is the avenue, is the vehicle by which um, we are able to run to God in the middle of our disorientation and tell him we're disoriented and tell them we don't know what's going on, and tell them we don't know what's right and what's, you know, what's just. And that's a process we enter into. And at the end, we enter, we end with hope. We end with joy. We end with, um, you know, purpose in the end, in the ultimate end. Um, but in all of that, uh, you know, a question comes up maybe, like, how, how should we do this through worship? Uh, you know, is lamenting... Uh, I think it's an intensely private thing, but there's also uh, examples in the Psalms where God's people, Israel, lament together. They corporately lament. So you have any thoughts on yeah. lamenting corporately you know, oh, in man. worship? Yeah. No, I, I, I love to think about, or at least stretch my thinking in this direction, to think about, all right, I've discovered or um, been uncovering this beautiful literary form, this gift that God has given to us. So what does it look like on a Sunday morning? Or what could it look like in a Bible study? Or how should it frame or shape my prayer life? And I think um, the answer to all of that is yes. And just take the language of lament and work it into your prayer. So why, why not have, for example, a, a time in a Sunday service or any, you know, any service for that matter, and uh, when we would normally have a prayer time led by one of the elders or somebody from within the church, why not it? Why not frame it around lament? You know, Lord, I don't, I don't understand this virus, and and I, I hate to see what it's doing to the people in our congregation, how it's crushing them financially, causing all kinds of anxiety, and um, you know, taking away loved ones and not being able to be by those bedsides when they're passing away, kind of a thing. And just cry out to the Lord with that, uh, with that sort of form or that expression. So I think that's really um, a way that we could 
incorporate the language of lament into our services. Uh, the, the other, I was sharing with you that I, I was watching um, McLean Bible Church one Sunday morning, and they had a spoken word segment. And it was just awesome. I saw it. And I'm like, I gotta, I gotta make sure Ben sees this. I cried when I watched. Did it. Did you really? Yeah, I, was it was just, so I, I watched it so many times. Um, but the the gentleman who presented it was just exceptionally talented, solid theology, and that's just a creative way that that could be incorporated into our worship. So I think we need to get a hold of the form, see its place in our life, and then just start thinking in a creative sort of way. Of, okay, well, we could do this, we could do that. And, you know, it could be artsy, it could be just a simple prayer, it could be a message, um, it could be a lot of interesting things, but I think we need to work it into the fabric of our... I think what we'll have is a healthy church as a result of that. Yeah, because I think uh, if we're not careful, a worship service can be designed um, for those who aren't suffering. It can be a place where only the happy can right. continue to be happy. Like, hey, right. you know, yeah, right. God is good, you know, yay for the gospel, um, which is good. But then also recognizing, like, there might be people who are coming into our service who are profoundly wrestling, like, they're struggling, they're really disoriented. And just even reaching out and saying, this is normal, <laughs> right? like, welcome, this is normal, like, right, this right. is life, Yeah, let's do this together so we enter into your sorrow um, and then, and then like, let's, let's also hope in the gospel. Let's sing about how good God is. Um, but recognizing like there might be, you know, a lot of people on a given Sunday morning who have been punched by what's happened through sinful earth and sinful man, um, and are wrestling with who is God and is he good? And can I trust him? And what does this mean for my life? And how am I going to pay the bills next month? Or how am I going to love this person again? Um, and, and the gospel story gives us answers to all of those questions found in the suffering of Jesus and the death of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus in the coming of Jesus again to make all things right. And so I think lament opens us up to, to live out the story well. Um, well, you think about it, uh, Ben, you think about somebody walks in on a Sunday morning and they see this, this happy, perfect service uh, attended by and... Um, you know, conducted by people who are, you know, perfect in every way. You know, they, they have their suits on, the, you know, their hair is, you know, nothing's out of place. Everything is well-groomed. Everything is well-orchestrated. And they're gasping for air. And they're thinking, like, I can't relate to this. I can't relate to this. So when you open up that service and you give them space to catch their breath by lamenting with them, uh, that that genuineness, that transparency, that authenticity is going to draw them in. And we want to draw them in because we want them ultimately to be satisfied with uh, the living God and his word. Mm, I think that's, that's excellent. So uh, we have a few resources maybe if you want to do some follow-up research. You can, um, a lot of these thoughts and, and more thoughts on lament can be found on like Desiring God's uh, website on the Gospel Coalition. If you just search lament, into the search boxes on either of those websites, you'll find a plethora of articles written by people who have suffered immensely, who have struggled with lament, who have struggled with trusting God. Really helpful resources to encourage you. Um, so if you're listening and you want to learn more, those two places are really good. I know, Dr. Clem, you have a couple more recommendations for yeah, us. Yeah, just real quick, I'll uh, mention uh, Dan Estes' book on Handbook 
on the wisdom books and Psalms, excellent resource. Um, Klaus Vesterman, W-E-S-T-E-R-M-A-N-N, uh, his book, uh, Praise and Lament in the Psalms, you'll see many writers often refer back to him. Uh, Walter Brueggemann is another uh, writer, uh, The Message of the Psalms, a theological commentary. You'll see their names quoted uh, in the commentaries. And then Tremper Longman's book on how to read the Psalms. Those three resources, right, four resources right there, along with the articles that you mentioned uh, and even the N.T. Wright article that sort of got the conversation going for us uh, is, are all easily found. But good resources, and I would encourage you, we would encourage you uh, to dig into those because uh, it's had a profound impact, I think, on both of us as we thought about it, and we wanted to share that with you today. 